The headset wars are heating up. Welcome to Metaversity, your first stop for everything on the new frontier of Metaverse and everything blockchain. I'm Chris with Kristen and we'll explore this new world together. So I've got a few articles. Um, one's kind of personal to me and then the others, uh, kind of like I mentioned, the headset wars are uh, kind of heating up a little bit between Meta and, and Apple as we get closer to releases. So we'll, we'll talk some about that. But the first one I wanted to kind of mention just because uh, it's something I uh, experience in, in my personal life. Um, there's a company called ARBC. Uh, it's A, lowercase, R, uppercase B, uppercase C, that has started using augmented reality, uh, whether it's through a tablet or uh, hopefully soon uh, using glasses as well, to, to help kids with dyslexia and, and learn how to read better or I should say, in, in my case, uh, comprehend what they're reading better. So this one's kind of personal to me because uh, I would say I have mild dyslexia. I know people get it pretty severe sometimes, right. but uh, for me, um, it's not that bad. I have a, a picture up on the whiteboard and we'll also, I, I think, maybe display a couple other examples um, actually in the podcast, but you know, growing up as a kid, I had a real tough time. Um, I'd like to think of myself as fairly smart, but I had a real hard time reading and comprehending stuff. And it wasn't until later that I, I found out I had, um, you know, a, a mild, um, form of dyslexia and it runs in families. I, I know I also have a brother who has got uh, dyslexia much more severe and has a tougher time with it. Um, and it, but it comes with a bad stigma because, People with dyslexia are typically uh, of normal intelligence. Oftentimes, they're even higher intelligence. But because of the difficulty they have with reading, they oftentimes fall very far behind in reading comprehension, um, learning how to spell, which that's one I personally deal with. I, I can barely spell my name, let alone anything that has more than two syllables in it. So uh, it, can, it can be rough for those that have it. But um, this company after seeing a study um, done by one of the founders that showed that kids who viewed images as they view images that relate to the text they're reading anyway, um, comprehended that text even better, especially kids that had dyslexia. And they've created, took that study and created a company that when you are reading something that supports augmented reality, whether it's a tablet or in glasses in the future, or maybe some of the glasses now, uh, it, it uses AI to figure out key text or important words and will periodically force uh, kind of like a break in the reading by displaying a picture that's related to that text. So if it was a book that didn't already have pictures in it, um, it'll go ahead and examine that text and pull up pictures that are related to it or may um, complement the text that's inside that book. Uh, I actually think that's pretty brilliant. You know, I've always wanted to be that person that could sit down and, and read a book for hours and hours and hours. And I, and I just can't do it. Um, people that get a book and they're like, oh, I'm going to sit down and read this 500-page novel this week. Um, you know, I've always been kind of jealous of that because that's not something I'm capable of. Now, the reason for that for my own personal experience is as I read, as it starts out, it's usually pretty good. Um, I feel like my reading experience starts out fairly normal, 
But as I guess my eyes get tired or I start reading, um, my experience, it starts to look an awful lot like that image on the board. I get, um, these rivers and stuff like that. Now, people that have, um, dyslexia experience it different. Some people see blurred letters. Sometimes the letters get jumbled up. Sometimes, you know, it's just kind of, kind of jumbled on the page, but you know, as my eyes get tired or, or my brain gets tired, I'm not sure which it starts to look an awful lot like that image. And then I can't, you know, track left to right. You know, I, I jump lines and it just becomes harder to read and I have to reread stuff and all of that. Yeah. I, well, I don't have that same problem. Um, but with, you know, ADHD, sometimes like your eyes work at a different speed than your brain works mm -hmm. at. And so getting them to kind of match up while you're reading can be difficult. And, um, you know, I, I ran across this, uh, I don't remember where I hit it first, an article, I think. Um, anyway, there's this thing called bionic reading. Okay. And um, you can, it's, there's apps and I think there might even be a setting in your like iPhone. But um, what it does is it changes the font inside your phone and it bolds some letters and then doesn't others. And some mm -hmm. are um, like uppercase and some are lowercase. And what it does is it, it helps you um, see the most important parts of words and then your brain sort of fills in the rest. Okay. And so I found that um, like my reading speed is like 300 times faster. <laughs> and maybe I'm being dramatic, but it's definitely a lot quicker for me to to read something with that. And I, I don't have to go through, like I can go through a very large chunk of words, you know, and it could be like just one giant paragraph. Yeah. And when I get to the bottom, I've read it all the way through. I've read it fast and I comprehended it better than if you're reading like standard. Like sometimes, you know, you'll have to like go back and be like, oh, wait, what did I just read? So you go back right. up and you you read it again two or three times so, even sometimes. Almost like shorthand. Um, yeah, sort of like only. that. And I, we've, I've seen those. Uh, I'm trying to remember what you'd probably call them, but uh, those things where words are purposely misspelled well they'll swap out a letter and our brain just kind of glosses over it because the we see you know the first few letters of that word and your brain just automatically assumes it knows what that word is and skips right. over it so it feels like that font probably kind of helps with that same methodology you know most of the time if you see a th on a three letter word it's the and your brain doesn't necessarily have to see the e there to know that right so uh, that makes sense and yeah. I actually um, saw something similar for dyslexia too. Looks like the font may be a little bit different for them. I'm not sure why it works, but uh, the bottom of the letters kind of look fat. So if you had like a C, it may be thinner at the top and then it's kind of fatter at the bottom. Right. Um, I didn't experience this too much. I think everybody transposes letters and numbers from time to time. Uh, I didn't experience the whole mixing up um, B's and D's and lowercase P's and, and some of that stuff that, that you sometimes hear about. Uh, that doesn't seem to be a, an issue I've run into um, with my dyslexia anyway. But but again, mine's pretty mild. and uh, But I feel like that font probably could help some with that too because it brings emphasis to where you would be paying more attention to to where those those letters would be um yeah. the difference in the shape and that kind of thing. Well, there's so many different tools out now that are not even 
you know, kind of in the metaverse space, you know, right. not AR or any of that, that just allow for you to be able to um, read better. Mm-hmm. Um, one I see all the time, like advertised uh, uh, in my different feeds and things are um, like tools where you would, I guess you would take your phone for now and it would turn that text into an, you know, Siri reading it or something like that for you instead. Right. Um, although I personally prefer audiobooks these days because it's just easier. I can be on the go and stuff and sitting down and actually taking the Zen time to physically read a book. Right. Isn't something I usually have the time for anymore. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think what's I think it's kind of neat that um, if you think about like how you can pair the needs for people like that with AR oh geez I hit my mic um with AR technology and like what vision that will look like in the future so like if you're if you're wearing your smart glasses or whatever and um your AR glasses just to be consistent with the wording um so like if I'm wearing those and I'm I'm wanting to sit down at the local you know bookstore slash cafe you know, and just read through something mm-hmm. to see if maybe I like it by like reading the first chapter or something like that. Um, it'd be really cool to to see like if, you know, your glasses start displaying images because it helps you comprehend what's in that book better. Sure. And, you know, you can be like, oh, wow, this is actually going to be really great. This is going to be a good book or whatever. And maybe it can link, you know, it can actually maybe there's artwork or something that's around the web, you know, if it's phoning mm-hmm. home to some website related to the book, even like it, right. it could be, there's, there's a lot of possibilities there that I think would be really interesting to see how, um, how much more dynamic your reading experience can be, you know, yeah, absolutely. And immersive even. I think, I think of it this way. Um, you know, you know, having kids and, and knowing that kids go through an awful lot these days. Um, when I was smaller and it was, um, or younger, I should say, uh, realized that I had reading comprehension difficulties, you know, it was kind of embarrassing as a kid because you had to go to the special room, you know, a couple times a week during school and, you know, they would go and they would work on you, your reading skills and they didn't even know at the time what the problem is. Now I I vividly remember that as a kid and I also vividly remember kind of how embarrassing it was too because I was, I was that kid that got pulled out that had to go to the room to work on, you know, those special reading exercises to hopefully, you know, get my reading comprehension back to where it should be. Do you remember that? I don't remember. Um, The only thing I enjoyed about it was it was, one of the few times at school I got to interact on a computer. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it was old green screen computers, but you know, I got to go to the room and there was a handful of us and we would sit in there and there would be little, you know, a paragraph we would have to read. And I'm not even sure how they thought this would improve it. It was just more work. So you went in there and you read a computer screen where you'd read a paragraph and then have to answer questions related to the paragraph. And it was just more of the same stuff. So, you know, we've obviously come a long way because I feel like that's more of you just are dumb and you need more of this to get better instead of recognizing what the problem is and just right. adjusting for it. Yeah, they definitely seem to have a better grasp now <laughs> on like what 
you know what yeah. some of these disorders are. like you you, you fun it's funny it's kind of related um when you think about it like when we were kids nobody like the only kids that were diagnosed with autism were like rain man right right and now all of a sudden it's like oh yeah and by the way one in 30 think or something gen- like that now well yeah but um not only are we better at recognizing it we're better at understanding that that it's a whole spectrum right that it's not just you know the the rain man but there's also like highly intelligent you know bill gates is out there that you know i'm not saying he's autistic because i don't know that he is however comma um you know the highly intelligent you know highly motivated but definitely quirky (laughs) people and, uh... and everybody in between and they also understand too like that you know they think it's genetic now so it wasn't just like you know uh for a long time there was the anti-vaxxers that were like oh yeah my kid has autism because of the vaccine and all of that crap and now they're like no you you know it's probably genetic we think it's genetic and somebody in your line is probably also just like this and you just think it's eccentric you know so and so sure well i mean you know there was always the weird kids I, i think i was kind of one of those weird kids and you know i don't know that i'm autistic or have asperger's or anything like that but you know that was that was a part of being a kid when we grew up there was always those kind of not this they were quirky kids you know they they dressed a little different or acted a little different um they weren't necessarily smarter or dumber than the other kids they were just kind of the the you know the the quirkier ones uh and if you don't want to pick on bill gates elon musk he yes has admitted that he has got he said Asperger's, but it's all the same now. It's all. Yeah. It's they kind of got uh, rid of that label yeah. know, a few years ago. So it's all, it's all kind of the same. Yeah. Um, but you know, what's interesting is as we learn more about those, we also like understand how we can help. So yes. like, like dyslexia or ADHD, understanding how, how that, I'm going to say it's a disorder, but I don't know that that's necessarily like the right way to think about it. But when your brain operates a little bit differently than the whatever the predetermined norm is um, and understanding what it is that it's doing that's different, you can go, okay, so this is what we have to do to address that so that these people can do this thing, you know. So in this case, it's reading. Right. And understanding that, okay, yeah, so in ADHD, it's, it, it's a mismatch of your eyes and your brain or whatever it is and saying, okay, like now uh, we just need to do this to the font and it's easy. And now all of a sudden right. these people are like reading at mock speeds or with dyslexia, for example, you're seeing these crazy images, you know, right. rivers and all of that, like you were talking about um, or, you know, things being jumbled up or whatever and like understanding that, okay, we can change this font. You can add these pictures and, you know, you can do right. these things to help well, make it a better experience thinking back on all of that i used to read a ton of comic books and i used to read a ton of magazines and what they found was it's not adding the pictures in helps dyslexic dyslexic kids but it also helps regular kids too or probably kids with adhd and and everybody and it probably is kind of a common sense it's like oh if we're talking about uh, aardvarks you know having a picture of an aardvark probably um, well yeah i mean like an adhd adhd yep. land you're it's a you know um autism is a bit like this too but it's like you're it's almost like sensory overload right so like you are um 
Are you good? Your kind of avatar is like jumping around. It's, li- like- it's a little hard. Uh, I needed a sip of water. It's a little hard to uh, take a quick sip of water when you're right. wearing, wearing okay. a headset. So sorry um, about that. I'll anyway, focus back in. So like it's it's interesting <laughs> when you think about, okay, so if I'm taking in all of this def- different sensory data, whether it's ADHD or autism or whatever it is, right? And you're, you're like taking in all this data, you see words on the page and pictures and you hear the, all the stuff going on around you and you're you're a little bit overloaded. Right. And so that can affect your ability to read and comprehend as well, obviously, because there's just so much going on and you're taking it all in and having to process that and it can slow things down and it can mm-hmm. cause you to have to go back and reread, whatever. So, you know, um, I think this idea of like the pictures and, you know, maybe when you have it in your your glasses or whatever, like not only will the pictures maybe come up, but maybe there will be little helpers like, you know, because presumably there will be some eye tracking. Sure. And it can see where it is that you're looking and maybe it can help and it can give you like a line underneath or a highlight or something well, like that. That's actually part to help you of- focus. That's you actually know? part of the technology that, that I hadn't gotten to yet. Oh, okay. Is part of the AI um, actually watches your eyes and it uses eye tracking to see areas where you might be struggling. And so when it notices that, it may kind of preemptively, there may be pictures involved already that just kind of pop up. Right. But when it sees that you're obviously struggling, you're rereading a, a section over and over again, it's going to go ahead and, and pop that picture and I think why it works for dyslexic people is for me, it's like my eyes get tired. So like I'll read a page or two and then it's like something happens and it suddenly gets more and more difficult to, to read that, you know, kind of rivers effect through the page gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, popping that picture for a second and kind of giving you something else to focus on sort of hits the reset button a little bit. Right. Um, so it's not even like, oh, I have to have a picture to comprehend. It's It forces a pause where, you know, if I just had a novel, I would get to the point where it got difficult to read. I'd close the book and, well, I'd, and I'd be done. You know, maybe it's not like this for everybody, but, you know, our brains are are pretty complicated things, right? They can do a whole lot all at once. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're, if you're, I mean, maybe if you're neurotypical, it's different for you. But for me, forcing your brain to just only focus on this one little thing, it's right. it's very frustrating. It's like it's like forcing somebody who's used to walking at normal speed to just crawl, to crawl everywhere. And um it's it it, it makes you frustrated. It makes you like hate that thing because like, oh, I have to crawl everywhere. You know, F that I'm out. Right. You know, I'd rather do something else where I don't have, I can go at the, the speed I want to go. I can think at the rate I want to think and my brain can do all of these different things. And while it may be overwhelming <laughs> or overstimulating at times, you're just used to it because that's how your brain works. Right. And being told that, you know, you're not good enough because your brain can actually do a shit ton more than, you know, the neurotypical person is kind of frustrating, you know. So I think it's it's really great to see the acknowledgement um, of how brains operate and, you know, how they can be different and how you can actually, you know, help propel learning forward, um, for our youth, because in the end we're, you know, we've right. got to do this stuff, you know, we've got to help make everybody more comfortable more 
um, on a level playing field when it comes to learning. I agree. And you know, the, the thing is, you know, it made me feel dumb because I was pulled out for that. Right. And I feel like that's probably, that's a, that's a slippery slope because once you're once as a kid, you feel like, well, you're the dumb kid. Yeah. You've been singled out then, now. Then you're the dumb kid. doesn't yeah. matter how smart you are. And to put all the kids on a more level playing field when it comes to learning and figuring that stuff out is gotta be a, a huge confidence booster instead of being the, the kid, the weirdo that gets pulled out once a week or a couple times a week to go well, get into the special comprehension classes. It's not just, uh, helping people identified, you know, as what we've always encountered, like, like they were SLD kids when I was in school. Right. Um, and I don't even remember for sure what SLD actually stood for, but I think it was like slow learning disability or something I know, like that. Not terrible. It is. I, I don't know that <laughs> that's exactly what it you're was. You're an SLD kid. You're yeah, slow learning. It was, it's horrible. But in, in today's day and age, like our kids we've seen, um, who have like, incredibly high IQs both kids we've been very fortunate in that way but um they were pulled out so that they could go into a group or a class setting for like a couple of you know minutes a day where they were again they were singled out because they they had alpha or whatever and they had to go do this thing right and they they learn differently and so they would teach those kids you know they were like yeah your high your IQ is over 136 We've, you know, because they do all the testing and all of the, um, you know, psychological evaluations and stuff. And then they determine that they need to go in alpha. And so they put them in alpha. And then, you know, for a period a day, um, they go to the alpha classroom with all the other alpha kids. And they do, uh, what was it, hops or whatever. So they're like. A little competition periodically. Yeah, yeah. They do like the little competitions and they, they, they do more hands-on learning. And you know what's unfortunate about that? is first, again, the kids are being pulled out again, just like they were for SLD, but now it's just because they're smart. And maybe right. that's less of a stigma, but they're still being pulled out. But the unfortunate part about it is, at least I think, is that that same hands-on learning has got to be good for kids that haven't IQ tested over 136. You know, so, okay, fine. They're not geniuses, but there's still, you know, plenty of kids smart that... Kids. Yeah, that would totally benefit. All of the kids would benefit from this hands-on learning thing. Well, and IQ tests are flawed in the sense that it tests one form of intelligence. Yes. And not, you know, it's it's kind of the problem solving, but there's lots of kids that are, you know, maybe not, you know, genius level IQ that are still super book smart and have tons of common sense. Um, and that, that goes a long way too. But I guess to kind of maybe bring it all back to the metaverse is we're developing these awesome applications that are helping these kids be able to have a more normal class experience that they may not have had and also doesn't necessarily single them out as being, um, you know, we try to teach that being different is cool, but you know, when being different is you have a hard time reading or you have to go to the special room for the, the SLD kids or whatever, you know, that's, that's not quite the same thing. And, uh, you know, allowing them to have the same playing field that, you know, yeah. all the other kids have is, is absolutely amazing. And if they can do it on an iPad, um, or tablet of some sort, and then later it's glasses, then it's even less obvious, you know, 
Well, oh, the thing oh, we're going like, to read a book, put the glasses on. Yeah. And every kid in the classroom could be experiencing learning in that exact same way. Only that learning experience that, you know, the SLD, the once SLD kid needs is different than the next person. But like both can benefit from that. Both can benefit. Yeah. You know, and so like it, I think it innately just levels that playing field and it says, okay, now we can produce, you know, more crafted, more interacted, active, right. um, you know, learning experiences for all of these children. And now they all benefit and they all are smarter and more capable as they, you know, join the society as adults, you know? Yep. I totally agree. It'll be exciting to see how that, you know, in the next couple of years, as you see, because um, I know we're about to talk about them, but as we see Cambria and Apple's, you know, um, mm -hmm. AR device or mixed reality devices uh, well, hit it, the market. And it's see. important to talk about because we've we always lean on how it's going to improve education. And we always think about kind of like the remote education standpoint. Um, you know, I've got a teacher in the U.S. who's teaching English to kids in Africa or, or whatever the case is, and they're all wearing VR headsets. But, you know, this is a, an example of where, you know, there's a different technology that's going to benefit education too. And it's just going to get better as, you know, Meta and Apple come out with, with their devices and, and other companies too. We're just going to talk a little bit about Meta and Apple today. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's, it. you're right. I think your innate go-to for these devices in a learning capacity is, oh, okay, now I can see a force ghost of my teacher over there and they're, right. you know, standing here talking to me in my headset or whatever. Right. I want to learn Japanese. So, you know, I'm going to have my Japanese uh, language instructor force ghost into the room right. from, from Japan or something. But, it, but like what the real power is of this kind of future and where we're headed is, you know, everybody has these headsets, just like all these kids today have phones way earlier than we had phones. Right. And, you know, every year it gets a little bit more imperative that they have it younger and younger because they they do all of this, you know, uh, learning stuff with them. They have to have a device. I mean, now schools are handing out laptops so that kids can actually do that stuff. Well, imagine if instead of handing out laptops, every kid got smart glasses. Right. And as soon as they entered, you know, kindergarten, all of a sudden now they've got smart classes and they're, they're experiencing this whole new world of, you know, mixed reality learning and all of the different ways that like and a teacher can be like, hey, I think you would really benefit from toggling this setting on. And now all of a sudden you're getting all these like visual prompts of, you know, that help you be able to read. Right. Or whatever it is. <clears throat> so. Exciting stuff. So let's talk about what's going on over at Meta. So they have, that's really abrupt change, but. A little bit, but, but it, okay. it all ties. I know it, it all ties, ties together. together. Yeah. So the first part um, with Meta is they are starting next month going to offer a Meta account that's separate from their Facebook sign-in. So typically um, everything that Meta has, Instagram, Facebook, it's really uh, tied to your Facebook account. Um, but Meta is actually trying to separate their, uh, I guess their hardware devices, like your Oculus and you know the VR devices and all that stuff. 
uh, from Facebook. And part of that I think is coming from some privacy concerns. So you'll be able to create a separate meta account for your Oculus um, instead of using your Facebook account. Uh, there's been concerns about privacy where, okay, I'm in this world where I want to be anonymous and this completely different person and do all these things, but yet I'm linked to Facebook, which has, you know, had a lot of controversy about selling your personal data and well, giving that's... out information about what you look at and who right. you do or not who you I do, know. But, but, yeah. but everybody knows what I mean. Um, and all of that stuff. Well, I think so. part of it too, though, is it's, it, it's partially that, but I think the other thing too, to keep in mind is let's say you're trying to have a professional, um, account right. that, ha that, that is, you know, just for work. Let's say I'm, you know, trying to just use the Oculus Oculus so that I can remote work with, with people from all around the world. Mm -hmm. And I have to tie that to my Facebook page and, um, I think a lot of people really don't like that kind of tie-in. I had to have my work and my personal bleed together just then in right. order to allow that to happen. And that people want that separation. Oh, sure. You know, I think they need that separation and be like, okay, look, this this stuff is my professional me and this is my personal me. And I don't really need them to be the, the same. I don't need them right. to be linked like this. So I, I like the idea of being able to, you know, now have an account that's just for the work stuff that I have to do. Well, and I think I think you kind of gave it away without saying it. With the meta accounts, it's going to be very different too. You can have multiple accounts. Um, an example, you know, if if you're familiar with TikTok, you can have multiple TikTok accounts. Um, and then, you know, the meta account, well, you'll be able to have multiple meta accounts for your VR device. So you know, it, on let's say Oculus, you could have your personal one that's still tied back to your Facebook page if you wanted, but then you could have a professional one for, you know, doing remote meetings and well, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, there's also so there's lots this of, idea too, like I can have my personal avatar and then I can have like, you know, a pro professional avatar that looks different, you know? Right. So it's more appropriate for having, you know, conference room meetings or whatever. As opposed to when I go play in rec room and play in paintball, like I want that to look at which it does already. But, you know, at some point. Right. You can have that separation. Yeah. And you'll be able to do that starting next month. And then at some point they're actually going to make it. So uh, they're actually going to make the change where you have to have a meta account to log into your Oculus. So, um, you know, everybody will have to create a meta account at some point. And then you can have more than one. Uh, Facebook accounts aren't going away you know, Facebook and Instagram and right. all that stuff will still use your, your Facebook account. But, you know, technically Facebook on that side of things, they don't want you to have more than one Facebook account. And that's actually created some restrictions when it comes to creativity and that kind of stuff too, that, you know, people at Meta have had difficulty working around. So this kind of solves two problems for them. Um, yeah. You know, going I think, forward. you know, in the beginning when they made this <clears throat> stuff, it's like, it no made sense. Well, yeah, you didn't know what you didn't know, right? Like you, you're making this app and you want everybody to be social and like, you know, so it makes sense, like one account. But then when you start thinking, when you start to see how people actually use it and kind of where where we're headed, it, it, it makes sense, I think, to make changes like this. Right. 
make that kind of separation. Yeah. And so that, that'll be uh, fun to see how they, they roll that out. Um, I think it's a, an excellent move because the other, the other part of it too is there's this whole generation of people that don't even use Facebook anymore. Well, yeah. And so they're going out and creating a Facebook page that they don't even use so they can log into their Oculus. Right. Which is kind of, kind of funny. Um, and then, you know, continuing to talk about Oculus or not Oculus, but meta, the, um, uh, developer for, uh, Apple noticed that on a submission for an iOS app, uh, found reference to what was labeled the meta quest pro. So it may have been revealed what meta is going to release as far as the name of their new, Oh, so it won't new be headset. Cambria. So I think Cambria was their, um, it was their code name code or name. whatever. Yeah. Project Cambria, but it looks like it, Maybe MetaQuest Pro. Now, nothing's ever set in stone until it's released, but this is what they found in the code. Interesting. Um, I think it was actually labeled as um, Pair MetaQuest Pro Write Controller. So that feels pretty pretty exact. Um, well, you know, it was one of the options that was pair, listed. Pair the write control, like that's a command. Right. Okay. It was found in the iOS right. app that was submitted. Like that's not the name like of the thing. The name is what you no, said. No, no. Yeah. yeah the, the full name, the, the name itself is just MetaQuest Pro. Right. The rest of the line of code that was read was, was saying yeah. to pair the, yeah. Okay. Pa- pair the device. That was the, how it was labeled. So, yeah. Um, and it's thought that they're going to release theirs fairly soon, like maybe as early as October. So they may be first one in with, with their headset, but. You know, we'll. we'll have I mean, to... we won't know that until it really happens. But it's uh, that's the first time here in the state, so like that's kind of yeah, yeah that's kind of a big deal. It's all it's all speculation. Um, you know, you've got but these is people. The speculation the based show. on something somebody said, or is it just we're um, just thinking because we're starting to see the code? Uh, some of it's the code. Some of it's leaks out of Meta. You know, from from some of the sources that are really good about predicting some of these things. But you know they're they're oftentimes very wrong too. So uh, I've got a couple uh, links that I can link you to. One of them was uh, because it was found in iOS. It was in you know Mac nine to five was one location that I saw some of the right. the rumors, and they're usually pretty good about predicting stuff. Uh, but there's other sites too uh, where they can can make these predictions. But uh, it's interesting because it, they're kind of be neck and neck as far as where the, their headsets. And there's a lot of similarities. Um, you know, both are touting, uh, or it's thought to be anyway, that they're going to have uh, improved eye tracking technology, uh, high res cameras, um, color cameras, so that you can do, you know, pass through. Um, well, I mean, I see that you found uh, an, a, I assume, concept art for yes. Apple VR over here. Um, so. I I don't know. I I'm hoping that it's not another one of these like closed headsets even if it's got camera pass through. I'm I'm hoping the Apple one isn't. Um that concept up there is what I see a lot, but I haven't found anything that gives me any belief that that concept has any validity to it. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, the only people presumably that have actually put their hands on it or seen it um I'm sure are not going to spill the beans. No, <laughs> like, no. So. Apple's pretty protective. I have more confidence in the uh, the Quest Pro 
concept up there than I do the Apple one. Right. Um, I've seen that concept um, for a while now of different iterations of it, but it's it's all been pretty consistent uh, as far as what people think that one's going to look like. Right. But but again, it's also still speculation and you know, we won't know a hundred percent until, until they release their headsets. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to have to guess. Well, I guess until then we're just kind of waiting patiently showing so, up, you know, or soaking up every, uh, possible lead or rumor or yeah, any of that stuff. And just getting excited. But in the end, until they give us some actual like information, we're just kind of yeah. stuck, but we're getting close to that because it's already, you know, we're already into July, July. and, we should probably start hearing something more substantial information. Yeah. Like come September. I mean, we might start to hear stuff in August, but I bet it's September when we hear at least from Apple. I think the stuff that's more likely to be true. And I want to emphasize more likely to be true, um, is Oculus. Um, I keep saying Oculus and it's really meta. Um, meta will probably release their headset in October is, is the speculation. And that one seems to be holding pretty good. And then it, there's a possibility Apple may announce theirs in September, but it probably won't be released till January. And some places are actually saying they won't announce until January, but I think they will definitely want to try to take advantage of holiday sales coming up. Yeah. So I would be surprised if Apple doesn't announce in no, September maybe it'll during be pre-orders, their like yeah, pre-order. pre-order sales for the holiday and you get it after. Yeah. But you know, Apple may surprise us too and announce in September and you know, they may have, you know, maybe some limited release or something before the end of the year, create a little bit of hype and demand, you know. Yeah, well. We, we'll have 10 by December. <laughs> Good luck. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your, um, you know, lottery winning if you actually get your hands on one. If you actually get your hands on one. Um, the other thing that I'm hearing a lot, <clears throat> gosh, I got a frog in my throat today, yeah. is uh, cost. Mm. Both of them are expected to be uh, above a thousand dollars. Although, um, the meta headset for the quest pro is expected to be pretty close to that thousand dollars. Um, just a little bit above, uh, a lot of people have said meta is probably more willing to take a, uh, sell it at cost or even take a loss on it just to get people using the headset and get it out in the world and then try to make the money back later on apps and app sales mm-hmm. where, you know, Apple's not as willing to do that kind of thing. And right now the speculation on price is around $3,000. So that's pretty pricey. Yeah. Um, a significant difference too, between the, the two yeah, expected both, price points. Both are considered at an enthusiast price point, but I think Apple at 3000, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to come in cheaper. And the only reason I say that is at $3,000 that really puts you in a, I think that puts you in a different class of enthusiast. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, Apple's usually been pretty good about figuring out how to get the price just right so that they can actually get people in. And, yeah. you know, they they want a lot of users. They understand the value of that. Right. Um. Obviously, at this point. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they get that figured out and we're like, you know, way closer to a comparable iPhone price point maybe right both are considered to be like when i when I see people reading both people think that they will probably be a little heftier than what i think people would want 
the headsets to be because they're packing all that technology. And that also kind of puts it a little bit more in that enthusiast category too. But, yeah. you know, I think we'll have to see Apple's not really known to create an enthusiast, a true enthusiast device. They, they usually put out something they think they're going to sell a decent amount of. Right. They want the masses. Right. Yeah. It's that, that adoption, which is why, you know, when we've been doing our research for stuff too, um, like that's, that's why we're so focused on Apple. Is because that's kind of the that's historically been their bar. That's right. been, you know, the direction they head when they're coming up with their product releases. They're like, okay, this isn't just useful for so and so. This isn't just an enthusiast thing. Right. Like everybody's gonna want this. Everybody's gonna use this. It's gonna be amazing. Whatever. Right. And so they release it, and it's it's um, eye catching, and it you know looks cool, and they turn it into all these like amazing marketing videos and. Mm -hmm. They make it really kitschy. Well, the their devices are a big part of their marketing as much as the traditional marketing stuff. Yeah. They want their stuff to look cool. So to hear that it may be, you know, kind of bulky because it packs in all this technology almost doesn't make sense with Apple. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I like look at this like art that you've got up. I just keep hitting my mic um, that you've got up on our, our whiteboard here. And um, I keep looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can try to make that look cool, but like that's not cool. Right. Like it looks nice alone. And then when you put it on somebody, it looks ridiculous. Right. And so like <laughs> it's just not one of those things. Plus not for nothing. But I mean, they're not doing VR. They're they're not headed that way. So right. like they're they're talking about AR and mixed reality, MR or mm -hmm. XR or whatever. Like you, they're not doing that. I hope anyway. Like we'll they're, see. they're not headed that way and they don't, I'm, I, I don't know. I uh, just, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm looking it, at that and I'm just, I, until my, they, my brain's a little overwhelmed with my issues with it, I guess. Yeah. I think the, uh, until they actually put out, you know, some sort of marketing or an actual official picture or something like yeah. that, it'll all be, it'll all be speculation. You know, I, I would not that it makes one headset better than the other. I would suspect that meta is probably more likely to try to be first in have a cheaper headset and and those things i believe and i also believe that theirs may not be fully polished but with the whole hey you know play with it um here's some beta apps tell us yeah. what we can improve and they'll Isn't make it better samsung's approach to stuff you know like um similar yeah i think a they little try like to be that. first in with a lot of things and i think google's that way too like they're like if you have an android phone they're oftentimes a lot more open so you can you can do things you know with Android devices you can't do with Apple devices, but I always feel like the even though the Apple devices or iOS devices do maybe a few less things, they're a little bit more polished, uh, which will get you in an argument you know with with Android enthusiasts because you know it kind of they see the pluses in the less polished side of it, where I think you know your avid Apple users see the benefits of the the polished you know i don't have this feature but it's because nobody's figured out how to do it right mm. kind of kind of approach yeah um you know i i see the pros to both i have apple and android or ios right. devices and but being android first devices, in so you know it gets you some advantages it if, does get you advantages but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna end up with the win no, you know no. apple you know they weren't the first in with a with an mp3 player um they were actually way behind but you know they they own that market once they release theirs. So yeah, so that's kind of what you know we're betting on as you get your 
your smart glasses. And sometimes, you know, they, they sit back and maybe it's because they have the R&D team and they, they may sit back and look at, you know, there are AR devices. They're very primitive. Right. Um, there are VR devices. I wouldn't say they're primitive, but, you know, there's some history there for somebody like an Apple to kind of sit back and go, okay, here's what's, here's what's worked. Here's what's not worked. You know, how can we not do that in our well, Our yeah, device, I mean, if so. you were to sit back and like actually analyze that data, because you're right, that data exists. It's existed for years now. So it's like if you were going, okay, what is the actual problems that have kept these devices from being mass adopted? Like, is it is it about, uh, you know, the the weird vertigo stuff that happens sometimes? Is it uh, is it about the pressure on people's face, the weight of the device? The fact that you have to like secure this thing, you know, to your head and it it's a, a pressure thing that causes headaches. Right. Um, you know, I I think uh the the hurdles that you've seen the um, Oculus sort of overcome um with the ability to control your environment and with this mm-hmm. headset. Um, you know, if you take that and you're like, okay, well, but how can we make it better? Like what could it be doing differently or better that it doesn't already do. And, you know, I, I know that we're excited about Cambrian when that comes out because we're all expecting that it's going to have like eye tracking and things like that in there too. And um, like the advantages that you'll see mm-hmm. um, and how they advance the technology and make it a more seamless experience for a user to actually navigate through. Um, I think that's going to be really exciting, mm-hmm. you know, as a user. Um, but you know, if Apple's like trying to like come at this and like win with their release, like right out of the gate, you know, um, I think, I think it'd be silly to assume they aren't like looking at all of this. They have to be looking at this data and then analyzing it like that, you know, going, okay, well that was cool, but like it, it, it failed in this, this, and this. So what can we do to fix those things? Mm -hmm. And then you move on to the next problem, you know? Which is, it's frustrating when you're us and you're like, I'm ready. Like, I'm chomping at the bit, right? Like, give me the headset. Like, give well, us some stuff. Let us see it and let us, you know, give you feedback and you can make the next version be better. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just not how they roll. Yep. They're they're definitely, they want to have something, even if it's their first iteration, something that feels very polished. Yeah. And somebody will want to. You know, like I said, their their devices are half of their marketing campaign. You know, anytime you buy an Apple device, it always, you know, everything's machined and everything is lined up perfect. And it's pretty rare you find, uh, you know, something and you're like, oh, I feel like they cheaped out on this. You know, every, right. So, you know, the device will look cool, you know, and it'll probably have a lot of technology packed into it. And they won't they won't release till they feel like they have something like that. Well, yeah, the only thing that worries not. me is the pricing. Well, but they may in order to keep the pricing down or in order to make sure that the device is as solid as it can be, they may choose to leave features out, which is why I think a lot of us have expected this first iteration to be more heads up display than actual mixed right. um reality. And that because, you know, there's still a lot that you can learn even taking that first step with just a heads up mm-hmm. that you can then apply as you work your magic on technology and scaling it down and making things more efficient and batteries better and blah, 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 you know? Oh yeah. So, so. but on that note, nope. 
Uh, I think that's it for our topics today. So yep. subscribe. Yep. Follow. Leave us some comments. Let us know what you think about these headsets or anything else we discussed today. And we'll catch you on the next one.